Is that on? There we go. Um, just on your seats as well, there's little flyers that says what's coming up. So they're good to take home, stick on your fridge. Um, and that'll take us right through to the 21st of January. So we've got some kids activities happening. The youth, we got something for them uh, as well, our prayer and worship. There's no service on Sunday, the 31st of December, New Year's Eve. There's no service. So we're going to be giving all our teams a break, a rest. Um, and so there's no service on that day. Praise God. Um, I didn't mean that, praise God. Praise God as in transitioning into what I'm saying next. Praise Jesus. Uh, I just want to thank you all those that delivered items to um, our No Limits hampers. Uh, so I delivered them to No Limits uh, this week and they were very, very appreciative of what we brought in. It was quite a lot actually. So I want to say thank you uh, to everyone that donated items. I also want to say thank you to those that gave into our Christmas fund. Uh, we've basically got our events covered. So I want to say thank you to those that gave into our Christmas fund as well and also those that are serving on our Christmas services as well so I want to say thank you to you guys ahead of time in case I forget in the new year praise Jesus see I say it again praise God all right now the series is Jesus you can't get a better series title hey hey Jesus he's the reason for the season amen he's the name above every other name every other name he's our lord and savior you know we love santa claus here at everyday church but we know he didn't save us he did not save us we know jesus came to this earth born in a stable and he is our savior and we get to celebrate him very soon so i was out dropping uh these invitations throughout the week um and i was there were so many letter boxes basically uh that had no junk mail written on them and I just thought to myself, surely they couldn't mean this beautiful invitation. Surely not. Surely that, that they don't call this, this is not junk. So this passes, uh, surely this rule does not apply to this Christmas invitation. Uh, because what I was thinking was that this has a power or the power to change a life. Through Jesus Christ, of course but it has the power to change a life. And you know, we have a number of families planted in this church, uh, kids getting baptised, kids serving the Lord, the adults uh, walking in the fullness of what God's got for them uh, and just walking out their purpose and destiny through a simple invitation. There's people in our church that have responded to a flyer invitation. And as I was walking and letterbox dropping and thinking of these no junk mail people, not that I listened to it, by the way, because I decided that it wasn't junk, uh, but I was thinking how they could potentially miss out on the miracle of Jesus Christ by having that written there. And I think many of us at different times and for different reasons, because of our ways, because of our mindsets, because of our own rules perhaps, because of inner vows that we have made, you know those inner vows perhaps that you've made years ago, and even because of boundaries that we've created. And I'm not saying boundaries are bad, but sometimes we have boundaries uh, that keep us from the will of God for our lives. They're like boundaries that perhaps shouldn't be there and sometimes they keep us from seeing the miracle outworked because we're so stuck in our ways and I'm including myself in this as well because we've made decisions many years ago and we're still standing by these decisions you know some of us are really stubborn and you can use it in a good way but there's also a bad way you can use it as well 
and we can miss out on what God is trying to do, the miracles he is trying to do in our life right this very moment. You know, I bumped into a couple this week and, um, and I didn't know them and I, I think it was a divine appointment and, um, and we got chatting and the husband um, was experiencing health issues. He was dealing with health, health issues and they were actually on their way to um, the hospital and, and they began to share with me uh, the struggles that they were going through, the different issues that they were facing and you could really um, sense the hurt and the frustration and you could even see you could even sense the anger there was just this anger there as well and um, after I listened for a little while after I listened for a little while I, I said to them I said can I please pray for you and I thought for sure they'll say yes because they were believers they were talking to me about you know this that and the other um, and I thought they'd say yes but the husband said no and he said the reason why he said no is because there were worse people off than him he goes you just need to go to the cancer wards and there's so many people worse off than me, than me you know who am I you know I don't want to take this prayer and I sort of said to him well God's bigger than that I mean he's the palm of his hand spams the universe do you know that and he goes yeah but I also don't want to have false hope and I said um and I felt really sad for him in that moment so de dejected so discouraged just thinking about the miracle that he could potentially miss out on because of his mindset. And I said to him, uh, he was pretty firm so I didn't push it, but I said to him, look, we'll pray for you uh, later, not now but later, and we did on Tuesday night at our prayer meeting. But as we approach Christmas and our focus is Jesus and the miracle of his birth, you know, there were people in the Bible that missed the miracle of Jesus as well. They didn't believe Jesus said who Jesus said he was they didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was you know the Jews waited for many years they knew he was coming they knew the prophecies but it was not how they thought they had a different mindset they had a different perspective they thought surely not the son of a humble carpenter surely not this baby born in a stable how could this guy this baby who's going to grow up how could he be our king how could he be the messiah you know it was nathaniel that said how could anything good come from there speaking of jesus's hometown it wasn't how they thought they had a different mindset a different perspective and many missed it because of that they were stuck in their own mindsets and this morning what I want to do is I want to look at how we can position ourselves for the miracle to have the right mindset to have the right heart attitude and I want to take us to the story of Mary Jesus's mother pretty awesome woman hey she's amazing one of the greatest miracles of all, when she conceives the Son of God. We read it in Luke 1, chapter 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. 
But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. What an incredible uh, piece of scripture. And I'm sure it would have been pretty mind-blowing for Mary uh, when this angel appeared. She's happily engaged, about to be married to the love of her life, I'm guessing. Super excited. I'm sure she's got everything mapped out like every woman had, you know, would have perhaps, if you're organised and like all your ducks lined up in a row like me. Uh, I'm sure she had it all mapped out. I'm sure she, she could see her future. And it certainly did not include this. I'm sure it didn't. It didn't include carrying and giving birth to the Son of God. I'm sure it didn't include that. Raising the Son of God. Can you imagine that? Raising the Son of God. I'm sure it didn't include uh, miraculously conceiving before marriage because that brought on a whole lot of issues that she had to uh, explain to her husband, didn't she? I'm sure it didn't include that. And yet her response in that moment was to agree with the will of God for her life. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And she receives the miracle. And the question is, or I ask the question is, how, how had she positioned herself to receive such a miracle? It seems so easy, so natural, so quickly. You know, she just surrendered in that moment. How? How? Such a soft heart, an open heart, just willing to say, let your word be fulfilled to me. A heart that says, not your will, but my will be done. What does that look like? The scriptures said that she had found favour with God. What does that mean? If we skip over to verse 46 in the same chapter, we read some words that Mary speaks and it's known as Mary's song. And, and she says these words when she's visiting her cousin Elizabeth who's pregnant with John the Baptist. And we get a glimpse into Mary's heart. The Bible says that out of your heart, your mouth speaks out of your heart your mouth speaks Luke chapter 1 verse 46 says this and Mary said my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my saviour for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant from now on all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me holy is his name his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away. He has helped his servant Israel 
remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And so there's three points that I want to bring out from this, from Mary's song, from Mary's words uh, on how to position ourselves for the miracle. And the first point is this, you're going to love it. It's be humble. (laughs) Be humble. It's mentioned twice in this passage. It's taking on a position of humility, which is so key into receiving the miracle. Not thinking we know everything. (laughs) Not thinking our way is the only way. Not thinking our way is better. Not thinking we are right all the time. You know, the Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Think about that for a moment. And I know we can all be prideful in our own ways. I don't think any of us are exempt in this. We all have our moments where we can be quite prideful and we stand our ground, you know. But it says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And Mary had this position of humility. Mary had this position of humility and God calls us to walk in that humility. God calls us to put others first. God calls us to go to him humbly, laying down our own agendas and our own ways. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And Mary referred to herself as a humble servant as a humble servant and that's what we are in God's kingdom humbly serving the will of God and that doesn't mean kind of just like oh woe is me poor me it's with your head held high walking in the will of God for your life knowing that you are dead set in the center of it there's no better place to be you know when we're waiting on our miracle it's not the time to be pushing God away it's not the time to be blaming God either You know, sometimes in our natural flesh we tend to do that, but that's not the time to do that. It's a time to go to him, to seek his face, spend time with him, and this is so key, agree with him for the will for your life. It's so important. His plan, his way. Psalm 149 verse 4 says this, For the Lord takes delight in his people and he crowns the humble with victory. How awesome is that? He crowns the humble with victory. Point number two is this, fear him. And when I say fear, I don't mean to be scared of God, but it's to have, uh, it's to be in awe of him. It means to be in awe. To know that what he says goes that he has the ability to do anything he wants with our lives. Uh, I've told this story before, but I was running a bit of a muck many years ago uh, and there's and God gave me this scripture and he said, you know, I can mould you and shape you any which way I feel like I, can, I, I will do. I can squash you back down and begin to reshape you again. And that, uh, honestly, from that point on, it put this fear within me that I thought, God, you're such a big God. I'm so in awe of you. I'm so reverent of you that I just want to do what you want me to do. I'm sorry. I was repenting, I'll tell you that much. And, and from that point on, I'm not saying I've got things completely right, but it put a healthy fear in me that I didn't want to step out of what God was asking me to do. And we all need that revelation. We all, we all need to. He can give and he can take away. You know, even as I was sharing with that guy, his palm spans the universe that's how big he is you know to fear him means to have a continual awareness of him 
It means to have a deep reverence for him and a, and a sincere commitment to obey him. And that's what Mary had. And you can hear it in her song as she began to praise him, as she began to lift up his holy name. She begins to rejoice in him. What is in her heart was coming out of her mouth. Such awe, such deep reverence. And that's what God calls us to, to live in that intimate relationship with him. Psalm 128 verse 1 to 2 says this, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labour, blessings and prosperity will be yours. And again, obedience triggers the miraculous. Obedience triggers the miraculous. God wants us to participate in the miracle. Many times God will move miraculously once we have taken our steps. Sometimes we're sitting there going, God, I'm waiting for you, you know, just move. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And he's up there saying, well, I'm waiting for you. And then there's this tug of war. Who's going to move first? We're waiting. He's waiting. We have to take our first step. We have to participate in the miracle. We have to position ourselves for the miracle. Proverbs 9.2 says, The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Think about that for a moment. You want wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So knowing who your Heavenly Father is. And how do we know? We know by spending time with Him. We, we know by being in His presence. We know by coming and gathering and hearing the Word of God. We know by reading the Bible. That's how we know and get to know our Heavenly Father. To fear Him is to revere Him. To fear him is to revere him. The third point is this. And some of you won't have a problem with this, but it's stay hungry. Stay hungry. We read in um, Luke chapter 1 verse 53, this is what Mary said. She says, he has filled the hungry with good things. He has filled the hungry with good things. Now, I don't know about you, but I want good things in my life from God. I do. Anything he wants to give me, I receive in Jesus' name because he's a good God and he only wants good things for us. But it says here he has filled the hungry with good things. That means we need to stay hungry. We need to stay hungry. You know, our um, dog Bindi has got some health issues. She's pretty old, eh? And uh, Buck here in Chin saw her last night. And uh, so she's got arthritis and she's limping around and, um, you know, not long ago we thought that was kind of the end for her but she's still like soldiering on. She's such a mint dog, it's awesome. And, uh, but the vet said to us, look, if she stops eating and drinking, then you know that things are, are not good, you know. And, and, and it's when, when you know that you've got an issue yourself, if your physical... If, You've got an issue with your physical health when, uh, when you lose your appetite, basically. You know your kids are really sick when they stop eating. You know, there's, there's an issue here with your physical health. And what I'm trying to say is it's the same in the spiritual realm. We can determine our spiritual health by how hungry we are for the things of God. How hungry are you? How hungry are you for the presence of God? How hungry are you to be in prayer? How hungry are you to be in God's word? How hungry are you to be in God's house? How hungry are you to worship the one and only God? 
Think about that for a moment. Because the Bible says that he fills those that are hungry with good things. And so it's so key that we stay hungry and hungry for the right things, not just salt and vinegar, chips and chocolate and Netflix series one after the other. Are you hungry for Jesus Christ? Are you hungry for God? How hungry are you? The Bible says stay hungry. And the more you are in God, the hungrier you'll get. You'll just want more and more and more because you could never reach the end of it. You're never going to be satisfied in God. There's always more. There is always more in God. Stay hungry. Cry out for more. I want to seal these three points with just one verse and I want to jump back to when the angel visited Mary and it's verse 37. It really popped out and it was this, for no word from God will ever fail. That kind of seals the three points. For no word from God will ever fail. This brings it all together. Be humble, fear him, stay hungry. Be humble, fear him, stay hungry. We have to know deep down at our core that no word from God will ever fail. And I think Mary knew this. Mary knew this deep down at her core. That's why she was able to say in the very next verse, I am the Lord's servant, may your word to me be fulfilled. Because she believed and she trusted God that no word from God will ever fail. And that's what we have to catch. We have to know that the things that God has said to you, the things that he has promised you, the things that he's spoken to you in that secret place, those prophecies, those different things that you know that have connected with your spirit, the words in the Bible, they will not fail. They will not fail. And this is so key in receiving the miracle that God has for you, that you trust in his word, trust in his character, trust in who he is. And the team can come up if you don't mind. And when we're able to do this, we're able to lay aside anything not of God. We're able to lay down our own agenda. We're able to lay down those mindsets, those perspectives that don't serve any purpose in our life. They need to go. They need to be broken in Jesus' name. You know, our minds need to be renewed. And how are our minds renewed? Our minds are renewed by the word of God. So that's spending time in his word, spending time in the Bible and surrendering everything else up to him. Our hearts need to be soft towards him. We're able to lay down inner vows, boundaries even. And again, it's good to have boundaries and we talk about having boundaries. But some boundaries are not serving their purpose for you. Maybe it's time to relook at it. Have another look. Hurts, wrongs, injustices, those things need to go as well because they can keep us from receiving the miracle that God wants to do in our lives. Where we need healing, we've got to allow him to come and heal our hearts. You know, God has a plan and a purpose for you, every single one of you. Just like he had one for Mary. Hers was pretty out there though, I have to admit, right? (laughs) She was highly favoured. But so are you. So are you. 
And God has a specific assignment for you. Not the person next to you, for you. A plan and a purpose for you. And he's wanting to do some amazing miracles in your life. And we heard Di with the awesome testimony that she shared. He just wants to bless you. He just wants to give to you. And his eyes roam back and forth to see who can I bless? Who can I strengthen? Who's ready to receive the miracles that I have for them today? Be humble. Fear him. And what's the third one? Stay hungry. Irene's got it. Praise Jesus. Stay hungry. Yeah, be starving before him. I hate being hungry, but hungry for Jesus, that's a good place to be. We should always be hungry for him. These words that Mary spoke in response to the angel, I am your servant, may your word to me be fulfilled. That's our response. When God's calling us, when he's speaking to us, when he wants us to take our next steps, I am your servant, may your word to me be fulfilled. It starts with agreeing with God for his plan for your life, for your life. Just agreeing with him, laying aside what you think. It starts with surrendering everything to him and it starts with not my will but your will be done. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you this morning. I'd love to sing when we finished, How Great Is Our God, if that's okay. Lift your hands in the air if you don't mind. Jesus is wanting to do a miracle in your life this morning. And whatever it is that you've been asking of him, we're going to pray right now that he moves powerfully in that area. And so I want you to join your faith with mine because I'm believing for you. I am believing for whatever it looks like. It could be your marriage. It could be a wayward kid. It could be that you need a job. It could be you just need finances. It could be anything. Maybe you don't even know what God's calling you to. I have no idea. Why aren't I hungry? God, help me. I need you. We can cry out to him because he cares and he loves us. He's here for you. And we're going to pray. Maybe it's a sickness, a disease or some injury and you're just done. You're over it. Maybe you're just so tired and you're just, it's just so hard to keep putting one foot in front of the other. But we're believing for a miracle for you this morning. So put your hands in the air. I'm going to pray. God, I thank you for every single person here, Father God. God, I thank you that you know every need, Lord, every cry of the heart, Father God. You know it all, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that you would meet those needs this morning, Lord. I'm asking for a breakthrough, Father God, in each person's life, Father God. We're asking for miracles, Lord God. I pray that you'd come and heal those that are struggling, Father, that you just move powerfully, Father. We thank you that you are the healer. I pray for those that need restoration, reconciliation, Father God, that you'd come into those places, into those relationships, Lord, and unite and heal and restore. We thank you for your presence right now, Lord God. I pray for those that where their faith is just, it's, it's struggling. I pray for an increase right now, an increase, Father God.
I thank you that you lift the humble, Father God. I pray that we would always have a fear of you, a healthy fear of you, Lord God, that we would be in awe, Father, that we would revere you, that we'd sincerely commit to obey you. Have your way in our lives, Lord God. I pray that you bless every single person here right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Just with our eyes closed and our heads bowed right now, I just I don't want to close the service without, you know, the very first miracle, the miracle of Jesus. If you haven't received the miracle of Jesus Christ stepping into a personal relationship with Jesus, then today is your day. Because that's the first step and that's just the start. That's the beginning. And you'll never regret making this decision. God sent his one and only son to die on a cross, to wash away your sin, to forgive you, to wash you clean so that you could enter back into a relationship with your heavenly father. And we're going to pray as a church this morning. And if you want to pray that prayer, then just mean it and believe it with all your heart. If you follow after me, church. God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins and wash me clean. And today I choose to make you Lord and Saviour of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you can lift your hand up in the air, just so I can see it. I see that hand there. Thank you, Jesus. The angels are celebrating. Just one more moment. If there's anyone else that prayed that prayer for the very first time or even made a recommitment today, if you're online, if you'd love to comment and let us know, we would love to get some resources to you. As the team sing, just let God minister to your heart this morning. Amen. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice Let all the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light